Hello, friends. My name is Iris Josefina. I'm your host, and you are listening to the Planting Seeds podcast. On the Planting Seeds podcast, we explore how we can cultivate a more gentle relationship with our psychical bodies, the earth, each other, and the world around us through using our senses, science, the subtle, and the sacred. On Planting Seeds, we talk about all those topics you've always wanted to talk about. We are shamelessly opening up the conversations that we all so desperately need to settle in our precious bodies and relate to each other in a more open, truthful, and empowered way. I'm so glad you're here today. Hey, everybody. Today, I am sitting around the table with Chloe, and Chloe is a Justice Holistic Reproductive Health Practitioner and a Certified Fertility Awareness Educator. She had made teaching fertility awareness in group and in private programs her profession because she wants women and people with cycles to regain their sexual and reproductive sovereignty, become advocates for their own health, and live vibrant, healthy lives. Totally agree with that. She is also the founder of the Cervix Portrait Party. Yep, taking portraits of your cervix is definitely a thing, and we're going to talk about that. And she is passionate about teaching body literacy to preteens and teens. And Chloe also loves salsa dancing, full moon bathing, and putting menstrual blood on her face. So she is totally my kind of girl. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, Chloe. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. So first of all, like we just heard, you are a fertility awareness educator. Could you maybe go a little bit into that? Like, what is a fertility awareness educator and what do you do in that work? Mm. So as a certified fertility awareness educator, I teach people how to be aware of their fertility. So it's really that simple. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And could you maybe elaborate a little bit on how can people do that? So, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can. There's a big umbrella called the fertility awareness-based methods. And amongst this massive umbrella, there are many, many different ways that someone could be aware of their fertility. Everything from your cervical mucus patterns to LH strips to miscellaneous symptoms like mood changes and breast tenderness to where the moon is in the sky to like, there's just so many ways that one can connect with their cycle and be aware of their fertility. So I'm a symptothermal fertility awareness educator which means I teach people how to understand their cervical mucus, their basal body temperature, and their cervical position so that they can understand their cycle and to be able to identify when they're fertile and when they're not. And could you maybe share a little bit more why you are so passionate about being a fertility awareness educator? Well, I really wholeheartedly believe that we teach what we need to know. <laughs> so I've been doing this for myself for about 10 years now. Um, my journey started with birth control. So I started hormonal birth control really late in the game, unlike my peers. And I was really reluctant to be on hormonal birth control. And even my very short year that I was on uh, several different kinds of pills, I knew that there just had to be another way, another way to feel confident about preventing pregnancy without hormonal birth control. 
And that's when I discovered the fertility awareness method for birth control. So I started for the birth control, but I stay for body literacy Mm -hmm. because now practicing this method myself for 10 years and teaching it for five, I've really learned and appreciated that the birth control or even the pregnancy achievement aspects of this awareness, they're just the cherry on the top. That is the ice cream (laughs) of what is the body literacy and the knowledge that you can gain from tracking your cycle. Oh, I totally agree with that. We have quite similar stories, actually, in regards to birth control and then knowing that there must be something out there that is less scary and chemical than hormonal birth control. Um, Would you mind to elaborate a little bit more about body literacy? Because I think not everybody knows what that is. I mean, I do. But maybe the listeners want to learn about what body literacy is and why they could maybe learn more about that. For sure. Well, body literacy was actually a term coined by Laura Weschler. And Laura said, similar to how we learn how to read books, we become literate in reading books, that you can become literate in reading your own body. So body literacy is the self-knowledge that you gain by paying attention to the changing signs of your fertility. And it's so, so, so important for all of us, really. Absolutely. And how people use this information is different, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, some people use their body literacy to identify when they're fertile, to avoid pregnancy without hormonal birth control. Some people use this body literacy to achieve pregnancy. Some people use this body literacy to understand their health better because your menstrual cycle is your fifth vital sign. So it'll give you feedback to your overall health. And many of us you know, use our body literacy just to get to know ourselves better. So everything from you know, what sexual positions we like to what food we like to eat throughout the cycle to how we like to practice self-care throughout our cycle. And all of that can be gained just by paying attention to your cervical mucus and your temperature every morning. Could you maybe elaborate a bit more about how to practice this? Because you're talking about body temperature and you're talking about cervical mucus. How does this all work? I think people are very curious to know that. Well, it all starts with your toilet paper. With toilet paper? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So you're already wiping when you go to the bathroom. So I just encourage people to start consciously wiping, meaning that instead of accosting their vulva with, you know, a little scrumped up piece of toilet paper, fold it first into a nice flat square, make what I love to call your cervical mucus canvas, (laughs) and get in the habit of wiping front to back before and after you go to the bathroom. And if you do this... And if you pay attention to how it feels when you wipe, observe what you see, and try and finger test anything you can pick up from the toilet paper, you will begin to understand the changes in your cervical mucus patterns. And that's where it begins. It begins with understanding your cervical mucus, because it really is as simple as when you see cervical mucus, you're fertile. And using this biomarker, you can open your fertile window, you can exit your fertile window, and you can understand your hormonal cervical vaginal health through what you see. And you can also pinpoint the different phases of your cycle, all by paying attention to your toilet paper. That's such a smart idea to start that way. Because the methods that I have heard about, people spoke about immediately, like putting your finger in your vagina and checking your cervical mucus. But for some people, that can be too big of a step. So I really love that you use this method And I love that you call it a cervical canvas, cervical mucus canvas. I love that. (laughs) I wouldn't actually recommend that anybody check their cervical mucus um, internally. Mm -hmm. So the problem is if you insert your finger and check for cervical mucus internally, 
it's going to be really confusing because when you pull your finger out, you're bound to find something on your finger, you know, because our vaginas are not deserts, <laughs> right? They're like the inside of our mouth. They're moist. So if you go digging around there, you're going to pull out, you know, maybe some moisture or some vaginal cell slough. You might even pull out cervical mucus that is plugging up the cervix because the cervix is a cervical mucus making machine. It's always making mucus. <laughs> so if you go digging around for treasure, you're bound to pull out some gold. So I I actually don't recommend that people start with internal checks. In fact, it's very rarely that I would recommend someone do internal checks. And that might be, for example, if someone's been charting for at least three cycles and they're seeing a temperature shift, but no cervical mucus patterns, then this is where we begin to see the chart as a reflection of their health. And when I might recommend that somebody do internal checks temporarily. Could you maybe share a bit more about what a chart is? Because we know what a chart is, but... Most people certainly don't. (laughs) A chart can be a sticky note. It can be a piece of paper. It can be an app. It can be a paper in your bullet journal. It can be a loose leaf next to your bedstand. Anywhere that you write down your observations can be your chart. So in the symptothermal method that I teach, a chart consists of the day of your cycle. So day one being the first day you see bright red flow. That requires a period product. Below that, you would have the day of the month. Below that, we have a stamps section because we're really colorful and visual with the Justice method. So we use um, stamps. And below that, you have a sensation box. So we describe the most fertile sensation we felt throughout the day. Below that, there's a description box where we write down exactly what it is we saw on our toilet paper or on our finger. Below that is a space to chart your cervical position, your basal body temperature, and miscellaneous symptoms like other emotional or physical changes you might experience throughout the cycle. And that's just the beginning. Like some people, (laughs) one of my favorite apps, actually the only app I recommend is the Read Your Body app. And they have unlimited custom lines where people can chart everything from their bowel movements to their mood changes to uh, their caffeine intake. Yeah, it's super fun. When people get overwhelmed, I always remind them. Go back to the mucus, go back to the toilet paper. Even if you're only charting cervical mucus, that's fantastic. But then once you, once you're like 10 years in, like I am, it's incredible the things that you want to start paying attention to. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you use that app as well, because I also use the Read Your Body app. And it's mm-hmm. like the amount of scrolling I have to do for all the things that I added (laughs) from my vitamins to, I even put in the amount of orgasms I have. I mean, (laughs) that's awesome. See all the things you can put in. Yeah. And I was wondering, could you share a little bit more about the wisdom of cervical mucus? Because I love how you love talking about it. So I assume that you would love to talk about it right now as well. Mm, The wonderful nectar of fertility, cervical mucus. It's mostly water. It's a hydrogel that can look sticky, tacky, stretchy. It can look cloudy, clear, kind of cloudy, kind of clear, yellow, brown, or red. And it comes from our cervix, and it's visible on our toilet paper when we're fertile. And that's because most of the time, women and people with cycles are not fertile, and their vaginas are sperm-killing machines. (laughs) But for a few days each cycle, your body changes and makes your vagina and your cervix more welcoming to sperm. And it does that with cervical mucus. So cervical mucus opens the gate. I like to call the cervix um, nature's gate. So the mucus opens the gate, it lines the vagina, making it more alkaline, making it more pH friendly for sperm. 
and it actually welcomes sperm into the cervix where sperm can stay there for three to five days. And if that's not enough, it even weeds out defective sperm. So you can come in, you can come in, you can't. You got this little bouncer there. It also nourishes sperm. I always think of it as like, you know, people running marathons and you have the people on the side like offering like water, granola bars. I think of the mucus being like, you're almost there, keep going, here it is. <laughs> and did you have sperm come with their own condoms? So they have this film on their head that has to be removed in a process called capacitation so that they even get a chance to fertilize the egg. And the cervical mucus does that. So it even like takes their coat, takes their hat, takes their shoes, come stay a while. And they stay for three to five days in the cervix. Our bodies are so incredible. Like every time I learn more about my body and what our bodies are capable of, I'm like, we're so freaking cool. We really are. Like our bodies are so freaking cool. I was just going to say that remembering like learning and about this kind of stuff in sex ed, it was always like, or if you've read any sex book, it's like the woman lies down and receives the penis and becomes impregnated. And it's always like this really weird passive role when that's not true at all, right? Like I have a freaking bouncer in my body letting, you know, half of the sperm in and half of them not. And even new research is suggesting that this idea that the sperm race to be the one to fertilize the egg is actually incorrect and that it's the egg that chooses which sperm will fertilize her. I read that too. The more I think about it, the more magical I find it. And I love that we can teach people about this and that people will listen to this and receive all of this wisdom as well. And talking about the magic of our cervix, you organize something called cervix portrait parties. Mm -hmm. What's that all about? Well, it's a party where we take photos of cervixes. It all started when I saw my cervix for the very first time. I was actually just getting a routine checkup and the nurse. I, of course, I had told her all about myself. And so she knew I was a fertility awareness educator and she had the speculum inserted and she'd asked me if I'd ever seen my cervix. And I realized, oh my goodness, how did I make it to my thirties without ever seeing my own cervix? And I mean, I've touched it, right? I, I paid attention to the position. I've checked the cervical position and I thought about all of the doctors and other nurses and even partners and boyfriends who all interacted with my cervix, but I hadn't even seen it. So yeah, of course I wanted to see my cervix. So she held up a hand mirror and showed me my cervix and I cried. It was so beautiful. I was just completely moved by seeing this cute, wet, pink little donut staring back at me. So I was mentioning to one of my clients who um, was local here in Edmonton where I'm living. And she'd mentioned that she had, she, she was working in a, in a medical office where she just happened to have some speculums lying around. So she gave me four. Oh no, five, I think. Yeah, five. I took one for myself. And I actually went on Instagram and was like, who wants, who wants to see their cervix? And I found four other people to come to my home and see their cervixes. Like two people I'd never even met me before. It was incredible. <laughs> and yeah, so that's when the cervix portrait party was born. And then I actually started stealing speculums from MediCenters so that I could give them to other people <laughs> to continue to see their own cervix and take photos of their cervix. But now it's become so popular that I just buy the speculums in bulk and I send people speculums. Um, it was taking up too much time going to many centers and, and sniping them. Anyways, that's how it was born. And it's super fun. I do it in two parts. The first part is a discussion based. So we talk about the cervix, the anatomy and physiology. We talk about healthy cervixes and how we can take care of our cervix. And then the second part, I call it the exploratory part. We start with some vulva mapping. We start with feeling our cervix with our finger. And then 
with everyone with their own speculum. I teach them how to insert their own speculum, how to see their cervix, and then with their smartphone, snap a photo of it. And how do people usually respond? Because I can imagine that a lot of people have never seen their cervixes before. And I'm curious, you know, what comes up for people and how do they respond when they see their cervix for the first time? I will never get sick of hearing that first, ooh, ah, vicious! I'll never get sick of hearing that when people first see their cervix for the very first time. I feel like it's super moving and empowering and exciting. Also with the disclaimer that not everyone sees their cervix the very first time because sometimes it's shy and sometimes the position is in a place where it doesn't make it as accessible. So that's one of the things that I love about the party is that once you leave, you have everything you need to do it again and again. And you can do it again. Like at, our, at the party, it's just us. But a lot of people, including myself, have reported doing the same thing with a partner or even a friend and sharing that experience and also getting the help. Because traditionally, I did the cervix portrait parties in my home and I would take the photo. And it's a juggle. You have a speculum, you have a hand mirror, you have a flashlight, you have a camera. So to make it really easy... I use a real camera actually that zooms out and I would put the zoom into the speculum and snap really beautiful photos of the cervixes. But then when the pandemic happened and I couldn't have people over anymore, all of these people were sending me photos of cervixes to my Instagram. And I'm like, how did you take this photo? Oh yeah, I took it myself with my camera. And then another person sent me another photo. How did you take this photo? Oh, I just took it myself with my camera. And I'm like, okay, we're doing this. We're doing this online. So I invited my best friend over who's been to all of my cervix portrait parties that I've hosted here in Edmonton. And I said, come over, bring your speculum. We're practicing taking our own photos. And we did. And then I started doing it online. So it is trickier. Don't get me wrong, but it's totally doable. And there is just nothing more freaking magical than getting a group of women together to share our vulvas, to talk about our cervixes and to share pictures of our cervixes. It's just so much fun. And you're still organizing them like online right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do them once every couple of months and often I'll do them in a few different time zones because people from all over the world come to the parties now. And that's the nice thing about doing it online is anyone can come as long as you have an internet connection, right? And I send people speculums in the mail or I also help people find speculums locally. So you can find a speculum from your local midwife, you know, go hunting in a local medi center. You can order them online. So there's definitely different ways that you can get your hands on a speculum. And it's one of my favorite empowerment tools. Second to toilet paper, of course. Toilet paper is always my first one. (laughs) I love that. So for the people who are listening, if you ever want to go to a cervix portrait party, no matter where you are right now, it is possible. It's funny that you said that you recommend people to do it with their partners too. I actually had my partner take a photo of my cervix because I ordered I ordered a speculum when I was in the Netherlands and then I came back here and then he visited me and I was like I want you to take a photo of my cervix so that's what he did oh and how was that experience it's just such an intimate experience because I feel that the cervix is like the deepest physical part that you can share with somebody else Mm. as well and you know when you have sex with somebody especially a person with a penis they meet your cervix like all the time. But we ourselves don't, I mean, I definitely didn't interact with my cervix like that. So when I would see her in like the same, like the same environment as being with my partner in a very intimate space, 
I have the feeling that we just bonded over it, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And also like trusting him to take that photo and to really like zoom in and to be so close. There is a certain kind of vulnerability needed to be able to open up like that. And as you know, the vagina is a muscle and during a pap smear, I definitely can't like open up like that. It needs like time, but being in a romantic, intimate space with a partner, it made it so much more easy and also sensual in a way. So it was a very beautiful experience. Yeah, mm. for sure. And I learned to take cervix portraits from you. So that's where I saw it for the first time, photos of the cervix. So yeah, thank you for that. So what did you do with your photo? It's still on my phone and I looked at it with my partner. I have thought about having it printed, but then I live on a very Catholic island and I don't have a printer. So if I would have to go to the print shop, I don't know how people would respond. So I'm thinking about having it printed like when I go home to see my parents in the Netherlands. Do you recommend to? Oh, yeah. I have mine printed and it's framed in my home where everyone can see it. And no one comes into my home for the first time and doesn't ask about it, which is what I love. I love to talk about cervix, cervix and cervixes. And I also have a cervix peak book of all of the pictures I've ever taken. Wow. And I have it as a coffee table book. So people can just flip through that as they please. And one of my one of my, my best friends, actually, she framed her cervix and put it over top of her toilet. And so she always said it was a really fun power move because especially when men would come and stand to urinate and they'd be like looking at their cervix and be like, whoa. Uh, actually, I think it was that same friend who had also had it on her background for her computer for a long time. And I think she was in a work meeting and someone came and was like, whoa. And she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> or I've known people putting it on, the, on their screensaver for their phone. And definitely like you don't have to put it on show for everyone, right? I think that even just having the photo yourself is really beautiful. And... That's a beautiful experience. Thank you for sharing that with me. You're welcome. And if people want to start with this practice, how would you recommend to for people to start looking at their own cervix or starting their fertility awareness practice? Like how to prepare themselves? Because I know you and I are very comfortable with our bodies. We talk about our bodies all the time. We share about our bodies online. But there are so many people who are like a little bit distanced from their body or due to like cultural aspects of our society that shame our bodies, the step might be quite big mm -hmm. to do that. So how would you recommend people to start relating to their bodies and their cervixes and their cervical mucus? Goes back to the toilet paper. Yeah, goes back to the toilet paper. And like you mentioned at the very beginning, it's not invasive. So it's not like inserting your finger or a speculum, right, into touch it or feel it. It really is just by paying attention your cervical mucus on your toilet paper and learning the language of your cervix because she's talking. In fact, she's considered the vocal cords of our genitalia, right? It's actually, it's very synonymous to the vocal cords in our throat. And once you feel comfortable with that, this is exactly, this is exactly why in the cervix portrait party, I don't go from like logging on to inserting speculums, right? Because, you know, even bodies like ours that are comfortable and open to this still need time to warm up, right? And that's why even in the cervix portrait party, I start with vulva mapping. So even before, you know, looking at your cervix or touching your cervix, have you looked at your vulva? Can you map your vulva? Do you know all of the different parts of your vulva? Do you acknowledge them and love them? Do you touch them and massage them and gaze at them? Right? So starting with your vulva. 
And then if you feel good with that, and I'm always talking about like, you know, your sacred yes and listening to your body and feeling your yeses. And if it's no's or maybes, then giving yourself space of, okay, well, why? Or what might it take to be a yes? And just giving yourself space to whatever is showing up for you at that moment. But if you feel really great with, you know, the cervical mucus, even just asking somebody, because in a fertility awareness practice, it's required that not only do you look at your toilet paper, but that you also pick it up and finger test it. And you identify the color and the consistency. And sometimes even just asking people to touch their cervical mucus is like, ugh, what? Right? And those are the same people where like three months later, they're at my cervix portrait parties. So, you know, I encourage people to smell, taste, play with their cervical mucus. And so the more you interact and adore and understand your body, you know, the easier it becomes. And then next, you're vulva mapping. After that, maybe you're inserting a finger and you're feeling, you know, the inside of your vagina feeling for that little grape with a dimple on it. That's the cervix, right? And then once you feel comfortable feeling it, if you're feeling that hell yeah to use a speculum, then great. I've never once had to convince somebody to come to a cervix portrait party. The people who come to cervix portrait parties are ready and excited about it. And I just want people to honor wherever they're at. I definitely agree with that. That's also what I'm standing for in all of the work that I do. Is there anything else that you would want people to know about the work that you do or fertility awareness or the cervix or cervical mucus that you really want to share? I think probably one of the biggest myths that I'm forever debunking about fertility awareness and the cervix is that it's not just about pregnancy or getting pregnant. So I find that many of us don't even connect or think about our fertility or our cervix until we're trying to get pregnant or until it's dilating to 10 centimeters and the baby is coming out, right? And so I really want to encourage people that regardless of whether they want to have children or not, to see the magic and the benefit of their fertility and their cervix and how much it is helping them and means to them regardless of whether you want to conceive or not. I totally agree with that. Thank you for sharing that and for focusing on that too, because it's definitely true that fertility is so often only connected to having kids or falling pregnant or having pregnancy scares. And yeah, I believe that's one of the most important things of this work that people indeed should know. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing all the beautiful information that you shared with us today. I'm sure that it's going to be very helpful for people. And in the notes, I am going to share where people can find you. Is there a specific place where you are the most active and where people can really find all of the work that you do and information about fertility awareness? Yeah, I, my playground is Instagram. So I love playing on Instagram. I also like YouTube videos. I like to make YouTube videos. And you can sign up for a free 30-minute consultation with me on my website. So a lot of what I do is kind of word of mouth. Like whenever I decide to do a cervix portrait party, it's just, oh, by the way, this is happening. So the best thing to do is to follow along with me on Instagram or sign up from my newsletter on my website or just book a free 30-minute consultation and I'd be happy to talk to people about their own particular situations or their relationships with their cervix or whether or not fertility awareness is a good fit for them right now in their reproductive life. But I love to connect with other people. And like you said at the very beginning, it's so great when you meet like-minded people. So I just really appreciate you and all of the work you do and for inviting me on here and helping me spread the love of the cervix.
to everyone. You're so welcome. It's so needed in the world. So I'm very grateful that you were here today to preach about the cervix because that needs to happen more in the world. Wishing you all a beautiful, beautiful day. And thank you, Chloe, again for coming on. Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please, please, please share it with others, with your friends, with your family, post about it on social media, or leave a rating or a review on all the platforms. To catch all the latest news from me, you can follow at the Planting Seeds podcast on Instagram or at Cycle Seeds on Instagram. Or you can go to my website, www.cycleseeds.com. Thank you again so much and I'll see you next time.